Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, September 28th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Two regional Federal Reserve chiefs yesterday said they're stepping down, and central bankers around the world are gathering today virtually at an ECB forum, and the hot topic will likely be inflation. Plus, Germany's elections are over, and now its political parties are wrangling to form a coalition government. Don't hold your breath on that happening anytime soon, though. It's worth remembering that in 2017, it took 171 days to form a government, so it could run well into next year. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Okay, so this is probably not what Federal Reserve Chair G. Powell wants to be dealing with as he manages U.S. monetary policy at this critical point in time. But yesterday, two of his top officials announced they're stepping down. Robert Kaplan is the president of the Dallas Fed, and Eric Rosengren heads the Boston Federal Reserve Bank. Rosengren said he's stepping down for health reasons, but the announcement comes as the two men face an investigation into their trading activities. The FT's Colby Smith has more on what landed them in hot water. Both Kaplan and Rosengren um, were found to have been active investors uh, last year in financial markets. And so Kaplan had stakes of uh, more than 1 million in 27 publicly traded companies. Rosengren had smaller stakes, um, but he was you know, heavily involved in some real estate investment trusts. And uh, last year was a really unprecedented year for the U.S. Central Bank. They waded into you know, a number of markets that uh, you know, they really haven't had a presence in in the past. They uh, dropped interest rates to zero. They were buying treasuries, agency mortgage-backed securities. To that list, they added corporate bonds, uh, corporate bond ETFs, uh, municipal bonds. For a lot of people, it, it was certainly eyebrow-raising to see that Fed officials were so involved in financial markets during this time. So, Colby, what has the Fed said about this so far? Kaplan and Rosengren and and the Fed itself has said that none of this trading activity went against the ethics standards set out by the Fed and had all been okayed by general counsel at the various regional banks, as well as the the central bank itself. But Powell uh, alluded last week to to the notion that some of those standards might need to be tightened in the wake of uh, these revelations. Colby, what do these resignations mean for the Fed's big undertaking right now, which is managing the U.S. economy as it emerges from the pandemic, you know, dialing back stimulus measures, tightening monetary policy and just, you know, dealing with inflation? So both Rosengren and Kaplan were both seen as pretty hawkish members of the Fed, meaning that they were, you know, hoping to tighten monetary policy a bit more quickly than I think um, some others on uh, on the committee. So if anything, you know, their removal is somewhat helpful for those who want a bit more of a patient approach when it comes to thinking about the policy stance. But I don't think more broadly this is going to completely upend monetary policy decisions. One of the key decisions has already been made really about kind of the taper timeline, which Powell mentioned last week. Now we don't know for certain when they're actually going to announce 
the reduction of that support, but we know, um, you know, it's quite possible that we get that at the next meeting. Now, after that, there's not really a policy decision to make for quite some time because the thresholds for interest rate increases are just significantly more stringent than um, they were for tapering. So any decision um, on interest rates is quite a ways off, uh, meaning that, you know, there is some time to sort through some of these personnel issues. Colby Smith is the FT's U.S. economics editor. Now, amid all that Federal Reserve drama, Fed Chair Jay Powell is today meeting other central bankers from around the world at a forum. It's hosted by European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde, and all these folks are dealing with how to dial back pandemic stimulus measures, and the FT's Martin Arnold says the big topic for all of them is inflation. They're still sticking to the line that they think a lot of what's driving inflation this year is temporary and it'll fade next year. And that's certainly the line that we've heard from Christine Lagarde talking about this yesterday when she appeared for her regular uh, appearance in front of the European Parliament. And MEPs were asking her about inflation, about electricity prices, gas prices, which have shot up in Europe this year. And her answer to this continues to be that a lot of the factors driving higher inflation are temporary and that the ECB expects them to fade next year. But she did say there are upside risks that some of these price pressures could continue into next year, particularly if some of these supply chain bottlenecks that we've seen continue into next year. And also they're watching very closely at the ECB to see if there's any sign of so-called second round effects whereby workers start to demand higher levels of wages in response to the higher cost of living that we're seeing. And if that starts to happen, you could see a price spiral, which would be very worrying for for central bankers as it means they'd have to start to think about tightening policy perhaps more drastically and suddenly than they would otherwise like to do. Martin Arnold is the FT's Frankfurt Bureau Chief. Germany's nail-biter of an election is over, and the country's Social Democratic Party has won by a hair, barely beating out Angela Merkel's long-ruling party, the Christian Democrats, or CDU. But it's still unclear who will be the next chancellor. What is clear is there's a lot of wrangling going on as political parties try to form a coalition government. I'm joined by our Europe editor, Ben Hall, now to talk about what's next for Germany. Hey, Ben. Hello. So, Ben, what's happening with coalition talks right now? So, at the moment, the SPD and the CDU are both claiming to have a kind of mandate to lead negotiations, their preferred formation. And in the meantime, the Greens and the FDP, the Liberals, have decided to get together themselves and to try and bridge their differences before even talking to the other two bigger parties. So, Ben, what are the most likely alliances that could result from this? I understand there could be some colorful configurations. 
Well, we're probably looking at either of two three-way coalitions. One is known as Jamaica because it's the colours of the Jamaican flag. So it would be the CDU, which is black, uh, with the CSU, which is their Bavarian counterparts, the Greens, who are green, and the FDP, who are gold. So the other formulation is what's known as traffic light. So it's uh, gold for the, for the Free Democrats, green for the Greens, and red, obviously, for the Social Democrats. Very illustrative, Ben. I, li- I like those visuals. So tell me a little bit about the man who leads the winning party, Olaf Scholz. So Scholz um, is a moderate uh, in the social democratic spectrum. He is cautious, quite orthodox on the public finances, and he's definitely emulated Angela Merkel's sort of leadership style, careful, steadfast, unflashy, and Germans seem to lap it up during the campaign. And it's one of the reasons why the SPD essentially outperformed expectations. Now, how long will it take before they agree on a new government? Could it be soon? Well, the main parties vowed to try and complete coalition talks by Christmas. It's worth remembering that in 2017, it took 171 days to form a government. So it could take, it could run well into next year. There is a sort of determination, particularly on the side of the smaller parties, to sort of set the terms of the next coalition. And in a way, the bigger parties will have to a large extent go along with that. So the real question is, is whether the Liberals and the Greens can bridge their quite considerable differences. And the good thing is, is they're sort of setting about that right now. So that suggests that they are quite serious about it. Ben Hall is the FT's Europe editor. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. And before we go, Hollywood could see a big talent merger soon. One of Tinseltown's most powerful firms, Creative Artists Agency, said it's acquiring its rival talent agency, ICM. If it goes through, it will be the first big tie-up of talent agencies since William Morris merged with Endeavor back in 2009. This deal will bring CAA's clients like Scarlett Johansson and Beyonce under the same roof as Samuel L. Jackson and Olivia Colman. And it comes at a time of sweeping change for the entertainment industry, largely brought on by streaming. The financial terms of the deal were not disclosed. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 